What's up, everybody? We're back again for a cutscenes update, <laughs> uh, whatever they're called. So, last week, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny came out, and I meant to get the review up, but last week was a crazy week. I ended up having a, I ended up having my entire furnace and AC system replaced. And the next day was a little bit more chill. I got my surround sound and had to set that up for my living room for my family movie night because I'm nothing if not constantly trying to have a better experience. And then the next day had a refrigerator delivered. And that took a lot of planning and moving things out of the fridge and then helping them take the fridge apart to get it in my door, which meant taking my door off the hinges, which is a whole process. And then getting everything back in and helping them find a part that they misplaced and putting everything back in the fridge. And then making dinner, which we sat down to eat at a cool, chill 10 o'clock. It's been a crazy week. And over the weekend, my sister-in-law is in town with her son to celebrate her baby coming in August and her son's birthday. And it's been busy. So I apologize you didn't find out my thoughts on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny before the movie came out on Friday. Despite the fact that I saw it last Wednesday, you are getting it. Now, and I'm talking kind of fast because I'm trying to get this done because it's Monday and I should have put this out sooner. So without further ado, minute and 35 seconds in, let's get into a little, I don't know, 10 minute review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. As an avid action fan, which is something that I feel like I don't have to say to y'all, action movies are fun. But let me, hear me out, and I want you to hear this with the most sincerity, I think, that I just know that I'm being extremely sincere, and this is not a knock. Action movies are stupid. I mean it. They're kind of dumb. Because for an action movie to work, by and large, you have to believe that our hero is bulletproof, and his friends are bulletproof, or her friends are bulletproof. Their friends are bulletproof. And if it's not bulletproofness <coughs> that decides it, then it's purely inadequacy on the side of the opposing forces. And for the Indiana Jones franchise's history, the Nazis have been terrible at aiming and basically everything else. And so... Well, I will say right out front for people who want to get in and get out. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is a good movie. It was a, it was a blast. It did a lot of it did a lot of good for the franchise, which sounds gross to say out loud. It did a lot of good for Harrison Ford, you could tell. Honestly, the biggest takeaway from this movie is you know you know when Harrison Ford's having a good time. And it shows. And it's Fun to watch. Watch Shrinking on Apple TV, another show written in part by Brett Goldstein, the guy who played Roy Kent in Ted Lasso, who also wrote large portions of Ted Lasso. Shrinking is incredible. And Harrison Ford, you can tell the whole time he's on screen, every moment he has, he's just, there's life, right? There's something spicy about the way he moves and, and the way he gets into things. And so, like, Indiana Jones is his thing, right? He jokes when he comes to award shows that John Williams created a score that he'll never be able to fucking escape, which that's the truth. Sorry, oops. But 
at the end of the day, Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford. You know what I mean? It's one of those characters that dies with the actor. It's not like James Bond. I don't think we'll get another Indiana Jones. We'll get similar movies. Nathan Drake is Indiana Jones. For those of you who don't know what Nathan, who Nathan Drake is, there was an Uncharted movie. So if you don't have an excuse, if you're not a gamer, there was an Uncharted movie. But Uncharted, the games, are Indiana Jones. Tomb Raider, the games, are Indiana Jones with different characters. But there's a reason they don't call him Indiana Jones. And there's a reason that they're different. They're not walking around with fedoras and whips. Indiana Jones is a very specific, very alive personality that is tied to this miserly, curmudgeonly Harrison Ford. And he was having a good time in this movie, and you could tell. And you could also tell the man's almost 80. Or 80. He's old. And, you know, fuck it. Let old guys do action movies. It rules. Does that make the action movies a little dumber? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. It does. Gunfights. There's a couple times where Harrison Ford... Sorry. There's a couple times where Indiana Jones is getting shot at. And he doesn't really move. One particular scene, he's on a boat driving away. That boat is driving a pretty linear path and being shot at by a guy that has been so far touted as a pretty ruthless killer. And Harrison neither moves nor does a bullet hit the hit him. Okay, it's fine. It's, it's Indiana Jones. I'm not expecting him to get shot in the back while running away. That would be stupid. So, you know, maybe it's because I've seen too many movies. Maybe it's because... I think about them too much, which I'm frequently accusing myself of doing, thinking about things too much. There are moments when something, somebody is doing something in a movie, specifically an action movie, like running or something, and you know, without knowing, well, this guy that's aiming at them obviously isn't going to hit them. And they don't. <laughs> and so, like, here's the thing. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is a return to form, right? It doesn't feel like it's exactly like the original trilogy, but it sure fucking feels like it's getting there. I'm one of those weird people that didn't hate Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. People were like, aliens, really? That's the fucking thing? Like, you've dealt with the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Grail. Aliens doesn't seem that far out of the realm of possibility, and this movie does an even weirder thing. But it works, right? It works, because... They stay true to a few laws uh, of, of fiction. And it's a really beautiful uh, kind of, well, seeming send-off to the character. I will say, I don't know <laughs> if there's going to be another one. They don't make that clear. And there's a couple of reasons for that. So this movie was directed by James Mangold. Uh, those who don't know, James Mangold did a few things that were pretty good. Then did Wolverine. And everyone was like, uh, what? The Wolverine, the Japanese one, where he goes to Japan. That's what that means. Uh, I didn't see that movie, but I've heard people say it was good. But then he followed that with Logan. There is not a person on this planet that I know that is like, Logan's a bad movie. They may not like it, but it's it's pretty hard to say it's a bad movie. So Logan kind of sets us in the in the gear. The, the, it's the gear change we needed to go, oh, R-rated superhero movies work for certain superheroes. Deadpool obviously profited off of that, uh, or they profited off of each other, and here we are, you know, waiting for a year or so until we get a Deadpool 3 that has uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, right? So James Mangold does that, and then James Mangold does a couple other things. 
a couple other things that I think just about everybody should sit down and experience, right? So he does Logan and then does Ford v. Ferrari, which is a very fucking good movie with Christian Bale and um, Matt Damon. I almost forgot. And then does Anita Jones. And upcoming, he's got a Star Wars movie called Dawn of the Jedi. He's doing the beginning of the Jedi Order in the High Republic or whatever. James Mangold's someone worth paying attention to, right? James Mangold directs this movie. James Mangold has a habit of making things so entertaining you stop thinking about their perpetuity. And that's a weird thing to say, but like Logan's so good at the end of that movie, you're like, well, what's next? Is there a next? Who knows? Ford v. Ferrari ends, it's a biopic, right? A biopic, however you want to say it. And so there's a little bit less questioning up in the air. You're like, oh, this is what happened. But it's still one of those movies where you're sitting there afterwards and going, man, I just want it to keep going. Indiana Jones was the same. The movie ended and you're like, well, I guess this could be the end. But I will say there is a little nod right before the the credits start rolling. And you're like, what what does that mean? The other thing that adds to this is the introduction of Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who plays uh, Harrison, sorry, Indiana Jones's goddaughter, Helena Shaw, who was the daughter of his best friend, who was addicted to the hunt and solving and searching for other pieces of this dial of destiny, this, uh, this instrument that can maybe possibly find anomalies around the world. I won't detail those anomalies because it's a pretty big spoiler. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, for those who don't know, from Fleabag, she's fantastic. She's kind of my favorite person (laughs) in uh, a show that I've seen like uh, in the last 10 years. Fleabag is fucking incredible. Um, She was working on a Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Donald Glover, and I think that she has left that project, but still... She's incredibly talented. If you've seen Solo, she plays. Uh, if you've seen Solo, she plays Lando Calrissian's robot. She's great. So, her introduction as this like kind of not washed up but hard on our luck thief, goddaughter of Indiana Jones. She's the Tomb Raider, right? She's the one going in, taking stuff, and selling them on the black market. And here you got Godfather Indy being like, well, okay, let's figure out how to straighten you out. And so what that, you know, culminates in is a movie where you have Indy kind of taking Helena under his wing, which again leads to the what if there's more. It's frustrating. (laughs) And I don't mean frustrating in the way that like, damn it, but it's frustrating in the way that like, do, do Can I tie a bow on the Indiana Jones movies and say, thanks, Harrison Ford, for your service. Go do silly sitcoms or whatever after this. It's hard to tell. I don't want him to go away, but if he's tired, then let him stop. But I tell you what, I tell you what, if one thing stands out in this whole Indiana Jones movie, it's that Harrison Ford was having a fucking blast. So let the man have fun. Let him keep having fun. I'm down with it. Uh, the bad guy is played by none other than the bad guy of Hollywood, uh, whose name just fell out of the back of my fucking head. Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, he played the bad guy in Casino Royale. He played Le Chiffre. Uh, he was the bad guy in the first Doctor Strange 
Chrysilius. Yep. He looks like a bad dude, apparently, to a lot of people. But also, I've seen him be, like, super friendly <laughs> in, in interviews and in other movies. And I'm like, man, he kind of seems like a cool-ass motherfucker. I want to hang out with him. But he plays Herr Voller, a Nazi. Surprise! And um, let me tell you what. Uh, I've talked to my grandma about this several times. Something happens to him in the beginning of this movie that kind of ruins the immersion for me. Um it's not even a spoiler. He's trying to get the thing that Indy has in the beginning. Doesn't end up getting it. That's why we have the rest of the movie. Part of the reason he doesn't end up getting it is he gets knocked off of a moving train. And let me tell you, when you see that, if you go, oh, he's dead, you are with everyone I know. You go, oh, okay. So there's something weird going on because I've seen trailers with him later in the movie. And unfortunately, there's literally nothing weird going on. He just survives it. It's silly. So again, back to my point. Action movies are kind of dumb. And that's okay. I went and saw Mission Impossible as well. I can't talk about Mission Impossible until later this week because there's an embargo. I, one of those movies, like last time where I said I don't normally get a long time ahead of the release date to watch it. I got two weeks ahead of Mission Impossible. But I can't, you know, I can't talk about that movie specifically. But I, I will say that it does fall in line with my assessment on, on this segment of cutscenes. Action movies are kind of stupid. They're dumb. They're silly. They're goofy. And don't get me wrong, there are action movies where like a lot of people die and a lot of the characters you're following die and it feels really bad because like the good guys hit their shots and the bad guys hit their shots. Those movies are also very good. There aren't very many of those though because people want to go and have fun. John Wick is the inverse ninja theory just, you know, pulled out its own butt. And the inverse ninja theory, for those of you who don't know, I think it's a I think it's a video game thing, specifically. Um, the inverse law of ninjas is a media trope regarding not only ninjas, but any character type that is shown to attack in massed numbers, such as soldiers, robots, vampires. It states that the threat level of any number of ninjas, or what's-its, is inversely proportionate to their numbers. Therefore, if you're attacked by a lone ninja, you're in trouble. But if you if you meet an army of ninjas, they're going down. Action movies are like, oh, man, Indiana Jones versus everybody? They don't have a shot. But then it's like, oh, man, Indiana Jones and that guy with a sword? He's fucked. Thank God Harrison Ford was sick that day and just shot him instead. Action movies are, are goofy, and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is a lot of fun. It's written really well. It's acted really well. There is some very poignant scene structure, scene, scene building towards the end of the movie that feel really genuinely good. And you know what? It's Like I said, it's obvious Harrison Ford's having a fucking blast. So, like, good. Good. It's a good movie. If you like the old Indiana Joneses, you don't mind that they're a little bit silly. This one's silly too. And it's a blast. And John Williams is old enough that most of his scores are sounding the same now. And that's all I'll say about that. But there's definitely, a, and that's also not all I'll say because I'll say this. There's definitely a theme in this movie that sounds so like Leia's theme, my uncle and I looked at each other each time it played. 
oh well <laughs> is john williams is like 95 or something you you make good music sir thanks for your contribution harrison ford uh you make good movies and good shows uh the rest of the cast is great you know you get a little toby jones you get a little boyd holbrook is a bad guy you get a big muscly dude that's just big and muscly because what else you need uh your body for um it's good it's good go watch it enjoy it take your uh take your your mom or dad uh that watched them with you as a kid uh parents take your grandparents because they watched them as a kid uh or younger uh when they were younger it's a good time. Go watch Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It feels like a reunion. It feels like a revitalization. It feels like a rejuvenation. And that's what we wanted out of this. Good job, James Mangold. Uh, although I will say directing Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones might be one of the easiest jobs on the planet because the man is the legend. That's just it. Anyway, thanks for listening to another little movie review uh, episode of Bounty Board. This cutscenes part two. Um, I will see you again later this week with uh, Submission Impossible conversation. And then I don't know what the next movie I'm seeing is. I'm going on vacation soon, so that'll that'll interrupt me being able to go see Oppenheimer or Barbie, which fucking sucks. But you know what? I'll live. I'll still do a little recording to talk about those because I'm sure I'm going to go see them. Uh, if you want to follow the website, go to nerdybits.com. If you want to follow uh, the website on Twitter, which is a rapidly dying and decaying hellscape, it is at nerdy underscore bits. You can follow me anywhere at lubwub, L-U-B-W-U-B. My brain turned off. Thanks to Monster Cat for our music. The song in this uh, in this podcast is a song called On My Way Up by an artist named Conroe. Uh, if you're a content creator, go to Monster Cat. You can subscribe for like $8 a month and they will give you an approved list of songs that you can use in the content you create, both on YouTube and on Twitch. And also, after I emailed them and asked if I could use it for a podcast, also podcasts. So, yeah, that's the good stuff. That's how you follow everything. That's how you find out about stuff. And I will see you guys a little bit later to talk about Ethan Hunt and his uh, endless quest to do... I'm going to call him Ethan Stunt. Because it's... That's what it Yeah. Join me next time to talk about Ethan Stunt. <laughs> Take it easy, everybody.